to this inspirational teaching of Celebration Sisterhood. Hi, everyone. Look, you guys, I came in tonight and I was like, this is the rowdy bunch. These are my people. This is where I should have been. I love Wednesday morning, but you guys know how to have fun in here. So my name is Lisa Stewart for all of you that I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet. So I'm so, so honored to be here. Those are all all the people that I said, please cheer for me. I'm really nervous. So just make me feel comfortable. But um, I want to also welcome our online audience and anybody that's watching via video. We are so glad that you joined us. And I'm really excited. I am nervous because this is not typically where I find myself. I'm on staff here at the church, and my, my role is to oversee the finances. So I'm much more comfortable being behind a computer and working on spreadsheets. So up here, I'm like, oh, my goodness. But um, I really do believe I've been praying for you guys, and I have been praying over this word for several weeks. And I really, really believe that the Holy Spirit has something very unique to impart to every single one of us tonight. And um, so I'm just asking you to just open your hearts. I know that we came from probably very busy days. I know I did. I was telling my friends, I'm like, I feel so much holier in the morning. (laughs) I didn't have any time to have bad thoughts or get mad at people or be stressed out. So I have to work on being holy at 7 o'clock at night. But um, really just kind of, you know, just... Just kind of release your day and try to set it aside and just lean into what God wants to speak to you tonight. And before I jump in, I just really want, I know Pastor Carrie's not here in this moment, but don't you all just love her? Aren't you all so thankful for her? Pastor Carrie has been, um, I got saved in Celebration Church when it was back in Jacksonville Country Day School. So it was very, very small. And I came in unmarried, broken, broken, broken girl, messed up, and gave my life to God. And I literally grew up in this house. And I just feel, Pastor Carrie is my spiritual mother, Pastor Stovall. I am so honored to be in this house. And I know that I look so much better. If you glean any wisdom from me tonight, it is because of what I'm attached to being planted in this house and just being under incredible leadership. So I just want to honor them tonight. So, okay. We're going to jump in. I'm okay. My heart's calmed down. I'm good. Um, But if you guys want to go ahead and open your workbooks, those of you, how many of you have been coming throughout this series versus just, yes. This series has been so amazing to me. It's just been God has been speaking to me so strongly, and I've heard so many testimonies from many of you in the same aspect, but if it is your first time tonight, I want you to know you picked a very good night, because tonight we are actually going to review all the different stages. Pastor Kerry kind of gave the introduction, and we're talking tonight about seed to seed, and so what we know is that when God gives us a dream, he gives us, he shows us our purpose, he starts to reveal the very reason that he created us, and that, that seed has to go through a process. It's a journey that requires a process before it comes to its full destiny of flourishing and being mature as a, as a tree. And, um, but you know, that's really, God doesn't just take us through that to fulfill our purpose. That is absolutely one aspect. But the, the real purpose behind that is so that we can take that flourishing seed and be able to sow that seed into the lives of others. And so um, what we're hoping tonight is kind of a practical lesson. We're hoping that each of you can identify as we go back and review the various stages that you can identify where you are at in this stage process. And hopefully tonight walk away with some very practical stages steps of what you can do next wherever you are um, in this process. So before we start, I'll go ahead and pray and then we'll, we'll jump right in. 
Father God, I just thank you so much. For, for what you're doing through this series. God, I just believe with all my heart that this, this was just a, such a timely word that you predestined for every woman in this room and under the sound of my voice to hear, God. And we just, we just receive everything you have for us, God. I just pray that you would just empty me of myself right now, God, and not let any of my... Um, I don't know, just my, my nerves or anything like that. God, just get in the way of what you want to do, God. So we just uh, open our hearts and we just expect you, God. We expect you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, come. We lean in right now. We already feel your presence in this place. We don't come here just to have fun or connect. All those things are great, God, but we want to walk out of here different than the way we walked in, God, myself included. So I just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so this, this week five, From Seed to Seed, it's framed out of the verse. If you want to turn there, you can, but you don't have to. It's Philippians 1, verse 4 through 6. I don't know if we have it up on the screen, but in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I just love the ending in that verse. I want to read it to you actually in the message version because I love the way this reads. It says, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. So isn't that so good, you guys? That's a promise for us. That's a promise from the word of God that he promises that this work that he started in us, that he will bring it to completion. And when I read that, I'm so encouraged because I am well aware that I am in process. Pastor Stovall did a message not too long ago about the fact that we are all in process. And we can, it's so easy to feel so down on ourselves and get condemned because we know of all these places that we're falling short and we're not meeting the mark or why do we keep doing this when we know it's not God's best for our life or why am I still struggling with this? But you know, this is what God is saying in this is it's my job to bring this work that I started in you to completion. We just have to make a choice to partner with him in that process. That's our part in this. And we also have to realize and recognize this is a process. This is not going to be, you know, we, we, it's awesome that we're dreaming and we're going to get into all of that. But, you know, really the ultimate goal is our relationship and our walk with God and what he wants to form in us and through us in the process. So we just want to stay in alignment with him and partner him in that. So, um, we can go ahead and I'm going to open up with a story actually out of um, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. It's actually the story of Hannah if you're familiar with it. You're welcome to turn there, but I'm going to paraphrase so you don't have to before we jump into this first point. Um, this story is actually about, I told you, a young woman named Hannah, and Hannah's in great despair. She can't seem to have any children of her own. And to make matters worse, her husband's other wife, who in the scripture is referred to as her rival, tortures her by constantly bringing this fact to her attention. So you can imagine just the struggle of infertility. Some of you have dealt with that yourselves and just the brokenness that that brings. This was, this was Hannah's dream. Hannah's dream was to bring this child. She, she, she felt called to be a mother. But in this culture, it's very important that not only was she struggling with not seeing this dream come to pass, but 
the infertility in this culture in this time was actually seen as real shameful. It was very much tied to a woman's identity and acceptance and her place in society to be able to reproduce. And so Hannah, like many of us, was struggling with, she was, she was struggling with not drawing her self-esteem and her purpose and her identity from what the people in her world thought about her because it was a real reality of what she was facing every day. I mean, she was, she was being ridiculed in this. And um, so not only did um, Hannah struggle with this dream, but verse 8 actually tells us that um, Hannah was so overcome with emotion and so distraught in her soul that she was unable to eat. So I don't know how many days, months, weeks, years, I know it was a long time that Hannah had to be praying and believing God for this dream to come to pass in her life because she didn't come to this place of being so broken on the inside that physically her body was responding overnight, right? I mean, it can happen overnight, but I don't know if you guys have ever found yourself in this place where just inside there's just this struggle that you can't, not only can you not eat, I assume that Hannah also probably couldn't sleep. She probably had restless nights. She probably struggled with, with handling her emotions and um, she was just so broken internally. Verse 10 said that um, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed. And I think this is so significant because we know that Hannah had been praying. We knew that she had regularly went to the temple, but this particular day, Hannah found herself in, in the temple. She was so broken. She was praying so emotionally that the Bible says that the priest accused her of being drunk. So this isn't just a cry. We've all had those cries at the altar, but if we've ever heard of what an ugly cry looks like, I'm pretty sure this was the ugliest cry this priest had ever heard. I mean, she was accused of being drunk at the temple. So she wept bitterly. She was desperate for help from her Lord. And I'm not going to read Hannah's exact prayer. You're welcome to look it up, and I encourage you to do that, to look it up in, in First and Second Samuel. But um, one thing that Hannah does pray is she makes a commitment to the Lord, and she says, if you will bring this dream to come to pass in my life, I will fully give this dream, give this child back to you. And you know what intrigues me most is what happens after Hannah prays. So Eli the priest, the very priest that just accused her of being drunk in the temple, when he finally realized this, that in fact she's not drunk, that this is a woman that is desperate to hear from her God, he tells her, may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And having spilled her deepest heart's desire to the Lord, the woman went her way and she ate and her face was no longer sad. And you know what, what we all know we know that there was not an immaculate conception that took place in that temple. A baby did not fall from the sky into Hannah's arms. But what changed, what, what changed in Hannah's heart and her emotions and on the inside of her is that she realized in this moment that her God was going to be faithful to bring her dream to come to pass. He was going to do this. And she knew that her dream, that her purpose, the desire that was in her heart was in alignment with her God and that he would be faithful to bring it to pass regardless of how much time it took.
And you know, we opened up today in Philippians, reading that promise for ourselves. And I just want to remind you that that promise is for every single one of us. I know that Hannah got this word in the temple, but God has already given you and me that word today. That he will, if that dream is alignment with him and that dream is alignment with his purpose, he will be faithful to bring it to come to pass. Amen? Amen. So... What we're going to do as we, as we walk through each of these key, key concepts in our notes, I'm going to refer periodically back to Hannah's dream and kind of reference some points just to help us pull out and get some clarity on identifying the stage where we're at. But I want you to think about your life, and I want you to think about what God's speaking to you on the stage that you're in. So we're going to jump right into fill-in-the-blank number one. And the fill-in-the-blank says, I am at the seed stage. So maybe you're in here today. And you have no idea what dreams God has for your life. Maybe, I know when I first came to church, I was thinking dreams, like, I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> like, life is so hard. Like, you know, we're just trying to pay the bills. We're just trying to get by. Dream? What is a dream? Like, I don't even, a dream, what does that mean? But I want you to know that a dream is tied to your purpose, that God predestined you. We heard from Pastor Carrie, you are a masterpiece, and God has a purpose and a dream just for you. Like, no one else can fulfill it. He has uniquely wired you and designed you to walk in that dream. And so it, it, it is for you. I know that when I'm in a, in a room full of women, I know us. I mean, I'm like this. And I'm like, you know, I'm good. I just want to see my husband's dreams come to pass. I just want to see my kids. Let me, you know, the church. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited about what the church. Let me serve Pastor Stovall. Let me serve Pastor Carrie. And all of that is awesome. But I also have an exact specific assignment on my life that God wants for me and that he's challenging me to tap into at another level. And I want to, I hope that if that's you today and you're identifying being in this stage, I want you to know that stirring and that even maybe some emotion that you're feeling right now, what God's telling you is, daughter, I have a dream for you. I have not forgot about you. It is not selfish for you to dream because I actually place that dream in your heart and I am going to bring it to come to pass. Amen. That's right. So... There's just um, some practical steps. If you're kind of struggling with what's that dream, what's that purpose, I want to just give you some practical steps of, of some things you can do, some things that have helped me, some things I'm even going through. I kind of feel like I'm in this stage kind of all over again. You know, every life is a season. We go through different seasons and different stages. And so I feel like very much I'm in a discovery stage. And let me just tell you this. It's not only that I want you to know that God has this dream for you, but there are dreams in your world, in the people that you love, people you don't even know yet, that if you do not step into your dream and you do not step into your purpose, their dreams are waiting to be birthed out of your dream. I know Pastor Linda's talk about Pastor Carrie, and that was a great example. She gave, she gave the example of Walt Disney and how him fulfilling his dream fulfilled other dreams. You know, that's the same for you in your world. Whether you recognize it or not, I'm telling you that it's true because I've seen it over and over, even just looking around this room at some of your stories that, um, that's really true. So, okay, let's get to the practicals. Um, there is a class that we are doing called Discovering You. It takes place in this room on Wednesday nights. 
that is ex designed exactly for this purpose. I don't know if some of you are in there, but I know that they're doing um, assessments on spiritual, your spiritual assessment, you know, your strengths, all kinds of stuff, and just kind of asking you some questions to kind of help you go through this self-discovery process, because learning about yourself is gonna help you learn about your purpose. Some of our staff has also been doing what's called the Strength Finder 2.0. You can Google that, it's $10 on the internet, it's under the Gallup research, and what it does is it kind of just helps you identify what your top five strengths are. Again, this is just self-discovery. It's learning more about yourself. Um, for sure, without a doubt, it's time to go into a season of prayer, maybe a season of fasting. You know, um, there's a book by Rick Warren called 40 Days of Purpose. I'm just kind of giving you a whole variety of ideas. I'm happy to meet with anybody afterwards and give them other ideas. But I know for me personally, I'm like so practical and I'm like just like just work. Just do something. Just what? Self-discovery? And I was so against this kind of stuff. I really was. I'm like, who cares what my personality is? Like, what's, what do we need to get done around here? But it really, what it, what it has showed me is, oh my gosh, no wonder I respond that way. No wonder when I process a decision, I, I process it this way first. I think about how is this going to affect people before I actually step back and assess it objectively. So it's taught me that if I don't, my emotions are good because they're thinking through people, but if I don't temper those and I, and I don't look at the objective side, I actually can process things emotionally instead of objectively, which will not lead me to a good decision. So um, there's, there's so many things, but I just want you to know I was really against all this kind of stuff, and now I'm like a really big fan because it showed me how God's wired me and it's helping me still. I'm very much, I told you, in the discovery phase of what God's called me to do in this next season of my life. So just go for it. Just go for it. Okay, number two. I want to be weary of the time. Okay, I am at the dormant stage. So the scripture here is James 5, verse 7 through 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So, if you look at this verse, the key word, common word in this verse is patient. Be patient. And that is very strategic because the dormant stage can require, and usually does require, a lot of patience. So this dormant stage, um, I believe we heard from Leah on this. What you've learned is this seed. Okay, so God, God has shown us given us a, a glimpse of what he has for us, maybe this purpose. We've gotten really excited. We're like, okay, great. I feel like I'm called to do this, or I feel like God's telling me to believe for this, or I feel like I'm supposed to be here, and whatever it is, and we step into that, and we get excited. And then we don't see anything happen often. Because what God's doing, sometimes, in fact, I know in my own personal life, I've actually seen the exact opposite of what I thought God told me start to happen in my life. And I'm like, did I miss God? Was that an emotional moment? And doubt starts to creep in. But what's really happening in this dormant stage is this is a very, very, I think it's a very intimate season with God. Because what he's doing is he's teaching us, even though we're not seeing any fruit in our life, and even though we might not see those doors open towards that dream, or we're not seeing that child come to know the Lord, or we're not seeing our marriage is still not happening the way that we know that God wants it to happen. Or we're still single, and we know that we're supposed to, we are desiring a husband and want to have a family, and we know God's place out in our heart, but nothing is happening, and doors actually seem to close. 
That's when God's teaching us to press in, girls. He's teaching us. He is digging our roots deep in him. He's teaching us that if we do not attach ourselves to the source, to him and him alone, that no matter what happens in the seed stage, no matter what happens, we will not have what we need to fulfill the purpose on our life. He knows that as we mature in him and as that dream and that destiny comes to pass, if he does not do that work on the inside and work out some of that gunk and deal with us in some of the areas that he needs to deal with us and and help us to get forgiveness in this area, help us to release this in this area, that dream and that destiny will be short-lived and it will also come with a lot of pain because we will not have the capacity on the inside. We will not have the character. We will not have the strength to sustain and walk for a lifetime in a flourishing from seed to seed, right? To be able to sow that into other people's lives. So he's actually saving us from ourselves and he actually knows when we're ready. He wired us, he made us, he knows what we're gonna do before we know. So we can trust him. We can trust him in the state of the dormant stage. And so just practically, you know, to refer back to, to Hannah, this is where Hannah went to the temple. She prayed, she pressed into her God. And that's what we need to do. That's the practical step of the dormant stage is you press in like never before. I don't know. I, I know that just recently I went through a dormant stage season. And I am telling you, every single day, I would have to hear from God loud and clear. Like it was literally, and I know we need, we need to hear from God every day. That should be our normal way of life. But I mean, sometimes it was hour to hour for me. Like I was so emotional. I was like, I, I knew I couldn't trust myself and the emotions I was feeling because of what I was going through. And so it was, the, it was the word of God that I had to get a hold of and I had to hold on to it. Sometimes multiple times throughout the day. So if you find yourself there, I want you to be encouraged. God has you right where he wants you. Your intimacy with him, you will hear his voice. He will, he will hold you up when you don't even know that you can take one more step. It's just a very special place. I know it can be hard. I know it can be hard, but it's so sacred, girls, and it's a place you're going to go in relationship with him like you can't in any other stage. So embrace it and receive all God has for you in that stage. The practical steps besides obviously pressing into God is to stay patient, be humble, and stay steadfast. And when I say steadfast, what I mean by that is don't leave your post. So many times in this dormant stage, we wanna retreat. It hurts too bad. We wanna uproot. Well, maybe this isn't for me. Well, I know, I know that this was this, but maybe this just wasn't. I know, I, I felt like God brought this new boss to me, but you know what? It's just not, I, I don't know, I don't know. I think maybe I need to be transferred. Maybe I need to go look for another job. This church, I don't know, that girl in my sisterhood group, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know if this is the church for me. So we'll actually start to convince ourselves and a lot of times we can make really great cases for it. I know I can, and I'll have it totally justified and then God will check me. <laughs> so, um, okay, I'm running out of time. Number three, I am at the sapling stage. Okay, so the sapling stage, this, a sapling is a small tree. So a sapling, what it's done is it's, it's gotten through this dormant stage. It's obstructed through all this dirt God's probably cleared out a lot of gunk. It's kind of been a little bit painful. We've had to deal with ourselves, face ourselves, face some things, overcome some things. And we've pushed through the dirt and there's a little bit of light. We actually see a little bit of fruit. We're a small tree. But what a sapling tree does not know, a very wise, wise pastor told me this, Pastor David Branker. He said, Lisa, you don't know what you don't know. I was like, well, duh. Of course I don't know. But man, how that has just become so true to me. The older I get, 
the more I learn, the more I don't know anything, actually. And, um, but this is a sapling tree. What a sapling does not know is it does not know that when the, it might be over to, it may be able to withstand the small storms, but when the, when the big storms come, if it is not under the protection of the canopies from the larger, more mature trees, it will die. It will not survive those storms. It does not know that some of the very nutrients that it needs to live to survive can only be found in the same soil as the larger, more mature trees. And that's the same for us girls. We see a little bit of fruit. We kind of step into that purpose, but we don't know what we don't know. And in this stage, it is so important that you position yourself. The very fact that you guys are here tonight, I know that you understand that. Position yourself under a, a wise counsel, under, under someone who has your best interest in mind that's going to speak the truth over you. A mentor, maybe you're in the business world pursuing a, a certain career or in a certain industry. Find someone that's ahead of you in the game that you trust, that you know has walked this out well and get them to mentor you, glean from their wisdom. Maybe you're a young mom. You need to learn from someone that's, um, you know, been a mom for, for longer than you. You need to glean her wisdom, a wife, whatever that is in whatever area that you're believing God for. This is a time to really position yourself so that um, you can glean and not mess up from what you don't know that you don't know. So this last, the last point, um, I am at the flourishing stage. So if this is you tonight, you're at the flourishing stage, well done. Thank you. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for pressing through. We know it was not easy for you to get here, and we need you. We need you desperately. I can look around this room, and I see some table leaders. I see just some women that have been planted in this house for years, and their lives reflect that because they're flourishing. We need you to speak into our lives. You might think that you just have an ordinary life. You don't. People are in your world looking at you, even ones that you don't even know are looking, and they, they, they want to learn from you. So I want to encourage you. How many of you, was Angelica, did she speak last weekend? So Angelica was one of the first women when I came to Celebration Church that I encountered. And um, I actually started serving in the nursery preschool, and her and her husband, it's when we let men be in the preschool nursery rooms. <laughs> long time ago. Um, they were serving in the two-year-olds, and I'm telling you what, she was flourishing, and her, her overflow of her seeds, I, I saw a picture of what I wanted my life to be when I looked at her. I was so broken, and I was coming out of just, I had never seen a healthy marriage in all my life. I didn't know that, because I'd never seen healthy, so how would I know what, that I was, had only seen unhealthy? And her and her husband were that example and reflection for me. So you don't even know what you might be to somebody in your world right now. And um, so I want to encourage you, if you're flourishing, maybe it's time for you to take a step and maybe mentor somebody, maybe coach somebody. Maybe you're supposed to be a tablehood, ta table, sisterhood table leader next semester. Maybe you're supposed to lead a team. Maybe you're supposed to lead something at your job. Maybe who knows what you're supposed to start, or maybe God's stirring you. Maybe you've been a little bit comfortable for a little bit, and it's been good, and it's okay. God had you in that season, but he's just stirring you that it's time to take this to the next level. It's time to take your dream to the next level. I want to encourage you to pray about that and do that because we need you. There's so many girls that need you. They need you to speak into their life and, and glean from your life experience and even the mistakes you've made. They need to know that so they don't repeat those same mistakes, right? So um, that's another way for you to sow your seed. So 
I want to just close here with um, with Hannah's story because I, I think it's really, really important that we we just draw some of the conclusions out of that before we close. And, um, you know, Hannah ended up, she ended up giving birth to her son, Samuel. For those of you that are familiar with Samuel, Samuel was a judge. He was the last judge of Israel, actually. He was known as the most effective judge. He was a prophet. He was a priest. I'm sure if there was a biblical hall of fame, Samuel would definitely be in it. And so um, that was awesome, right? God came through for her dream, and it was awesome, and, and her legacy lived on through, through all the things that, that he did. But, you know, it's very interesting because the Bible tells us how Hannah raised Samuel. She actually weaned him from the time he was born to not depend on her because she remembered and she knew that she had made a commitment to God that she would fully commit him to God when he was of age, which in this, at this time was when Samuel was three years old. And so Hannah, actually, when Samuel is three years old, she takes Samuel to the temple, okay? So this is a mom with a three-year-old. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. I can very much relate to the season of life, and I can't imagine how Hannah did this, but um, she did. She had, she had prayed, prayed for this child, begged God for this dream, and here she has it, and now she's remembering that she made a commitment to God to fully and freely give back this dream to God. But what's so interesting and what's so intriguing is when I read the, when I read the scriptures, there's nothing in there about Hannah crying bitterly or her soul distraught or anything like it was when she was believing God for her dream. In fact, it actually says like her husband is just like, doesn't even lead her in the decision. He's kind of like, well, do whatever you think is best. The priest is like, she has to remind the priest who she is. So what I gather from this is like, this was an internal conviction of obedience that was inside of Hannah that no one was pushing her on. And I believe that because she was not, she's only a mom, she's only human. This had to take courage and great faith. But what I really believe in my heart, it, it was in the process of Hannah walking with God from seed to seed, right? In the various stages of her life, from each stage, that she came to this relationship in such this close place with her God that she knew she could trust him fully. She knew she had seen his hand be faithful in her life time and time again. And so she knew, she didn't understand it. She didn't know how all this was gonna work out, but she knew that her obedience to God was what was gonna matter and what was absolutely gonna fulfill her, that it actually wasn't even the dream itself that was gonna be the most fulfilling thing, but it was the process with God and the relationship with him and that being able to fully and freely give this dream back to God in partnership with him for him to use it for however he wanted for his glory for other people's life was actually really what was going to bring her the most fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction and I believe that that is exactly why Hannah didn't struggle with this like she struggled in the process of the dream because she partnered with God in the process and what he did with her in that process is what really brought her to that place. And so that's really what I want you to take away from here tonight. No matter where you are in the process, girls, there is a God in heaven who is in your corner. He, there's, he died to see your dream and your purpose come to pass. There's, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Wow. It's just I do, when, I, when I feel the Holy Spirit, I get emotional. All these women are in your corner. I'm so sorry. This is. God's speaking to you. We are in your corner. 
you can do this. You can do this. I don't care what you're struggling with. God is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? Don't give up. Press on. We got your back. We're in your corner. I'm sorry. I don't know where the emotions come from. It's Jesus. So um, I love you all. And I'm so thankful um, for the opportunity to have spoken to you. So I'm going to pray, get my emotions in check. But please, if there's any way that you can stay for table time, a real practical step, you know, just having girlfriends to just talk it through with, to process it with, that's half the battle is just being able to get clarity. So if you can stay, please stay and don't miss next week. Let's finish strong. Next week's going to be awesome, and let's finish strong together. And sorry for the emotions. Okay, Jesus, I just thank you, God. God, I thank you for what you did in this place today. I know that you did something so deep and so special, and we are so thankful, God, that you love us. You love us so much, and I'm overwhelmed with your love, Jesus. So we seal up your word, and we ask you to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to Celebration Sisterhood. We hope this message has been an inspiration and opened your heart to embracing all that God has for you.